1: A slow car, a competitive kid, a big upgrade, bitterness, and glory. We're going street racing with Mr. Hot Rod, this week on Tempest, powered by Jalopnik. I'm David Obachowski, and welcome to Tempest, a series that explores our heartbreaking and hilarious relationships with cars. Now, this episode is kind of a special one. You see, when I first had the idea for this podcast— I typed up a description, and I sent it to my editor, Patrick George. But then I thought about it, and I decided if I was really going to argue my case, I needed to put something together that he could actually listen to. So I did a short version of this story. A few months later, I got a green light. I point all that out because the folks at Jalopnik liked it so much, they told me I should keep the original interview. And since this was just supposed to be a demo, I did that interview on the phone rather than in person. Consequently, and just a heads up to you listeners, those clips are recorded from a phone line rather than in person. There's something else about this story, though. It actually features a tempest. Not just any tempest, of course. My father's tempest. The tempest he's been telling me about his entire life. That's why I gave him a call. Now, before I even had a chance to ask him to tell me the tempest story again, he asked me what I had going on for the upcoming weekend. I told him my wife and I were going to host a small cocktail party, he seized on the opportunity.
2: You're having a cocktail party. Make sure to have a couple in them. Hey, by the way, who here likes cocktails?
1: Oh, yeah. Okay, let me tell you one. Okay, it's an old joke. He's always cracking jokes, mostly off-color ones. Anyways, it takes me a minute to get this one, but I finally do. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: all. And then, then just turn away and then walk away.
1: And then and then walk away out of your own house. Oh, God. <laughs> well, if you don't, they're going to throw you out of the house. <laughs> My father knows how to tell a joke, but even better, he knows how to tell a story. And fortunately for me, a few of his stories involve cars. In fact, if you haven't listened to the episode about driving stick, go do that after this, because he makes an appearance in that one too. But this story, this story is pretty much the first story I think about when I think about my dad. It's just so him. And I love it because it's kind of a classic underdog story. It goes back to somewhere around 1967 or 1968 in Patterson, New Jersey. My dad was 21, 22 years old. He'd graduated high school, but had gone straight to work in a factory. This was just a year or two before he met my mother. Anyway, aside from the factory, he spent a lot of his time at the bowling alley, where he was part of a few teams. And otherwise, he just liked to hang out with his friends. Of course, my buddies down at Riverside Oval in, in New Jersey, uh, you know, they're nice kids, but, you know, the guys, but they, you know, they they had, like,
2: hot cars. I don't even know if they had, but, you know, they, they liked cars, They, and they, you know, they would race cars. Got the name of the road now. That was down there.
1: My dad, however, did not have a hot car, which was a situation he first tried to buy his way out of. I was actually
2: trying to, to buy, like, a hot car, like a, uh, like a, a, a fast, I think it was a Chevy, a fast Chevy or something like that. And uh, Christ, I, I don't even know why I remember this. I'm probably way wrong. I think it was like, I don't know, $3,000 or something like that. I'm going back a million years, probably less than that even, but and I was trying to save up money. I wasn't making shit money. I was, you know, I was working, but not making a lot. Um, probably, this is before I even went to uh, college. And uh, I went to the dealership, I remember, and looked at it. And I oh, man, this is a hot car. And, you know, and I thought, man, if I get a car, man, I could I could race with them and whatever. Anyway, when the salesman told me how much it would be per month, whatever it was in time, you know, I said, I can't do this, you know. And so uh, I think I actually had left the deposit and thought about it because the guy said, just give some money and think about it. And then yeah, I went back. I said, I can't do it. And I got my money back. But
1: Unable to afford what he calls the fast Chevy, he opts for a first-generation Pontiac Tempest.
2: So I, so I wound up getting this four-cylinder Tempest.
1: Specifically, he got a used 1961 Tempest, which was the first year GM made the car. And for that year, Pontiac offered two types of engines. The 215 cubic inch V8 or the three different versions of a 196-cubic-inch four-cylinder known as the Trophy 4. My dad's was the 196, and he's positive that the four-cylinder he had was the least powerful, most economical one. You know, it was functional.
2: You know, I'd go back and forth to work, this and that, you know. But, you know, I, you know it was. I was kind of mocked, you know, by everybody down Riverside because the car was slow as shit. It was an automatic, it was slow as shit. It was turquoise. It was kind of like a turquoise, not turquoise
1: bright. It was like a, like a bluish turquoise kind of color. So according to my dad, it was slow, turquoise, but not really turquoise, but turquoise. And well, he wasn't a fan of it. But here I want to bring in someone who is a fan, a big
3: fan. His name is Philip Putnam. And he is the proud owner of a 1963 Tempest Le Mans convertible. Le Mans is the top of the line for Tempest that year. Uh, It's kind of eggplant colored, has a V8 engine in it. Pretty nice driver. What's the engine displacement on that? The engine displacement is 326. Most GM cars that year had 327 engines in them, but... GM had a rule, so I've been told, maybe a guideline that said nothing could be bigger than the Corvette engine, which was 327, unless it was a full-size car. So John DeLorean, who was head of Pontiac at the time, badged it as a 326, one cubic inch less.
1: So do you think it's actually a 327, just badges, a 326, or do you think he, like, shaved Actually, up it's
3: a little bit bigger than a 327. Oh, it is? I've read an article that said it was, like, 333. Oh. Now, Philip is actually no stranger
1: to this series. You have a Tempest, and you lent it to us for the photo shoot. Enjoyed uh, it. Yeah, that was good. I enjoyed it, too. Mm. Everyone and, thinks that's my car now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I think that means it is my car. Right? Oh,
3: well. Yeah, we'll work on that. Yeah.
1: I wanted Philip to be on this episode as a sort of subject matter expert. Because, well, my father, as you're about to find out, is not really a car guy. So I was hoping Philip could just provide some context and color where necessary. I thought we could start by him just kind of giving me some basic distinctions between the 61 Tempest my dad had
3: versus the 63 Tempest Philip has. 61, 62, and 63 were all transaxle rear drive, independent suspension, rear end cars. 61s and 62s were a different body style in 63. Uh, Slightly smaller, slightly less wheelbase, and probably not styled quite as good as the 63. But essentially, he says, this first generation of Tempests? I think it was GM's uh, early attempt at a
1: compact car. Okay, so they were like compact cars. But remember, Philip's 63 Tempest happened to also have a 326-cubic-inch V8 stuffed under the hood. My father's 61 Tempest had a four-cylinder that was less than 200 cubic inches. And when we come back from the break, we're gonna find out how my dad's 61 Tempest competed against the so-called hot cars his friends had. I think you can guess, it doesn't go very well. <laughs> Okay, before we get to my dad's recollections of what it was like bringing his Tempest down to Riverside Oval Park, which is where his friends with hot cars met up, I wanted to ask Phil to imagine what it would be like taking his 63 Tempest Le Mans to street race if it was the late 60s and he was
3: up against the muscle
1: cars of the day. How is your Tempest going to hold up, you know, running a quarter mile against these guys? Uh, It would be slower,
3: but it would be competitive.
1: One of the problems, of course, is that people with muscle cars tended to tweak and tune their cars to squeeze
3: out some extra horsepower. Tough to do that with the Tempest, Philip explains. The problem was if you wanted to go drag race it, the drivetrain wasn't really strong enough to take a lot of modifications to the engines where you increase the horsepower a lot. So he wouldn't have won but he could have held his head high. They ran a test in 63, and if I remember right, they turned a quarter of a mile in about 10 and a half seconds, which, not too bad, 100, 100 miles an hour, 105, something like that. Now I
1: ask Philip, what would it have been like in my dad's 61 Tempest with the four-cylinder?
3: How does that go for you? Uh, it's going to be pretty slow. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a real dog. But, but... It achieved its goal, which was a fairly cheap economical car to drive because it got pretty good gas mileage for the era. So before we move on, I just want to make it 100% clear and definite.
1: There is no way you're buying this car and you're thinking to yourself, cool, I'm going to take this down to the boulevard and uh, and run a quarter mile. No, this,
3: this is a uh, family run around the town car. Okay. Go to the grocery and back, go to work and back.
1: Well, apparently Phillips never met my dad, who was a very, 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 very competitive guy. I mean, I can remember when I was about 10 years old, he'd beat me in a game of pool and then air guitar on the pool cue. We'd play ping pong and he'd be slamming the ball past me and then same thing, air guitar in the paddle. Don't even get me started about what happens when the two of us go to a bowling alley together. Anyway, point is, he just can't say no to a competition. Even one that he has no chance of winning, like when he goes bowling against me. Or especially like when it was 1967 or 1968, and he was going up against his friends with muscle cars in his four-cylinder '61 Tempest. And
2: they would, you know, they would tease me. They'd say, "Okay, you know, you know, you, you know, we'll start here. You go up to wherever it was, you know, some McDonald's or wherever the hell, you know, the the places were back in those days, which could literally have been almost a half a mile away, you know, and and they would race like a mile race. you going to be a half mile head start, you know, and kind okay, of go and you know. Uh, it's like, and, you know, shit, mine would like, you know, take, you know, we'd just put along. I mean, you know, it wasn't like I could even shift gears. You know, they would, Christ, they beat me by a quarter of a mile anyway and laugh their ass off and bust my balls.
1: My dad was a good sport about the ribbing, but like anyone, he had his limit. And eventually, he got sick of losing. He said as much to the guy I always knew as my grandfather, but who was my dad's stepfather. His name was Buddy. And unlike my dad, Buddy was a car guy. But he was
2: a mechanic. But he drove a truck for 50 years. He used to drive little jalopies. He used to drive, uh, not jalopies, little little race cars. I forgot what the they're called. But little, in a, in Denville or someplace, there was, I was not the name of the place. There was a little track. It's on the tip of my tongue. Anyway, um, I think I saw him race once or twice. But he, so he liked he liked cars. He was a big car nut. And, uh... And, uh you know, I was telling him about this stuff and he, yeah, I just said, yeah, I wish I had a faster car, but you know, it? and he's the one that said, you know what, you know, why don't we get an engine and you know, we can put it in the car, we can do this. It wasn't my idea, what the fuck did I know about this stuff? And so uh, I was like,
1: you know, my eyes like sparkle. You can do that? Yeah. Buddy loved my dad and Buddy loved cars. So this was a great project for him. They hopped in the car, and they... Went to a junkyard. Uh, in fact, I think I probably, I probably sat in a
2: car, his car. And, you know, so what the hell do I know? When, you know, this, this junkyard, all these old cars. And he basically said he found an engine and a uh, bigger engine. I can't even give you what it was. I have no idea.
1: Whatever it was, it was big and powerful. And they brought it home, and Buddy got to work in the garage.
2: Basically hooked up. We rented the house. We didn't own the house. He went to the garage and, you know, put some chain around a rafter and got some kind of lift out of it. And, you know, over a
1: period of time, I mean, it wasn't
2: wasn't quick. He he worked at it um, and got it to fit in however he did it, no clue.
1: My dad, having limited car experience, helped out where he could.
2: I didn't do shit. I just basically, you know, I got him rags, I got him water, I did stuff like that. I stayed out of his way, you know, moved the chain, give me this, give me that.
1: In addition to not helping much, there was something else my dad didn't do. Tell any of his friends what he was up to. The entire project was kept under wraps. And then finally, it was done. We
2: took it for a ride. It was like, I mean, the car was light. When I am so when I put my foot on the gas pedal, I can remember. Christ, it was almost like, you know, it was going like through hyperspeed. I'm sure the car wasn't going fast, but in my mind, holy shit, it was like, Christ, did the front wheels come up? I mean, it's like, holy mackerel.
1: My dad took a little time driving it around his neighborhood, getting a feel for the extra horsepower. And then he called up his friends, still not saying a word about the tempest.
0: If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound. And you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight And they all
1: made plans. Nothing special, just the usual. Meet down at Riverside Oval with their cars. It was showtime. When we come back, the race is on. Okay, just to recap here, thanks to my grandfather, Buddy, my dad now has a powerful engine stuffed into his base Model 61 Tempest that had been previously sporting a four-cylinder. And just in case you're still not sure what kind of a car that is, I asked Philip to compare it to something current.
3: I really don't know what would be equivalent today. Uh, Maybe a, a small compact uh, Toyota Celica or something like that. Uh, But even that may have a little more horsepower.
1: This really was not a fast car. At least, it wasn't with the economy line four-cylinder. But little did his friends know, that Tempest had shed its trophy four. When the Tempest pulled up, it looked like the same old car that they'd been giving half-mile head starts and had still beaten. So to them, it was just the same old, same old. Well, my friends, nothing no nothing different. It was
2: business as usual, you know, a bunch of guys just hanging around bullshitting up the corner, talking in front of somebody's house, this and that. You know, and sooner or later it came to, hey, you know, let's go out on the road and race. Hey, you know, how much you know, what do you how much you want this time, you know, how much lead do you want this time? And I just said, you know, let's just do it this way. Let's just let's just race even. And you know, let's see how far you beat me by this time instead of giving me a head start. That way it can measure how far you can beat me by.
1: His friends were only too happy to oblige. And then the first you know time we did it, like, I... He left his friends in the dust, and before they could even complete the mile, they stopped. I think it was like, what the fuck? My dad figured his friends would appreciate what he'd done. And since they'd spent so much time ribbing him, he figured they'd be happy to give him his moment of glory. Not so. We pulled over, and they gave me some shit. Like, fuck you, you fucking, yeah, you
2: lied to us. What'd you do, this and that? So they were more upset that I got a, got a faster car that was, you know, masqueraded as a tempest, if you will. They were pissed off at me. You said like, say, laughing about it. They were pissed. Like, yo, man, that's not fucking fair. You know what happened? It's like, so all of a sudden, the butt of the joke was making
1: fun of them as they were, like, kind of pissed about it. He'd done it. Thanks to the creativity and goodwill of my grandfather, he turned the lowly Pontiac into a raging tempest. And my father was the king of the hill, or at least of Riverside Oval in Patterson, New Jersey. And in some ways, I have to think, knowing my dad, he was probably even a little bit glad that rather than his friends being happy for him, it got under their skin instead. And as for my grandfather, he was also a winner. He was happy
2: as hell because he, he liked to race. And, uh, so. He was kind of smiling about it. You know, he was, he thought it was cool that, you know, hey, all right, you know, he helped convert this little nothing car into uh, a little hot rod. (laughs) So I think he was, I think he was, he found some pride in the
1: fact that, you know, he was the mechanic that converted this thing and it actually did work. We don't know for sure what engine went into that Tempest, but I asked Philip to imagine how he thought my father's Tempest would have done with a mod like this. Let's just say, because we don't know the specs, but it's a 61 Tempest, and now this thing has got, you know, somewhere between a 326 and a 396, let's Yeah,
3: some kind of small block engine in it, yeah. How do you think
1: this car now—by the way, he didn't tell any of his friends. He just showed up one day in the car. Oh, that's
3: always the fun way to do it. I would say that it was significantly faster. And according to my father, Philip hit the nail on the head.
1: Not only faster, but in my father's words. I was the hottest guy in town. The hottest guy in town. Of course, some glory is fleeting. When we come back, the fastest man in Patterson has his downfall. Or does he? Okay, let's go back to when I asked Philip that question about how hot the Tempest would be with the small block. He said it would be significantly faster, but that wasn't actually his full answer.
3: Here's his full answer. I would say that it was significantly faster. But I would also say that if, in fact, he really pressed on the accelerator real hard that first time, he might have had a transmission problem.
1: And when my dad said he was the hottest guy in town, that wasn't a full quote either. Here's his full answer. I was the hottest guy in town for, I don't even know, Christ, it was a week.
2: I mean, it had to be a week. And it
1: wasn't that long. Gleefully unaware that he might be putting even more stress on the already stressed components of the car now that the engine had been significantly upgraded, my father had spent the week taking advantage of his proto Le Mans. I got more
2: cocky, I got
1: the more I, you know, going down the riverside
2: to go faster, you know, slow up and peel, try to peel out. And, and then uh, the fucking transmission blew up. I mean, the, you know, the thing that Buddy didn't calculate was the transmission was not designed to take that, uh,
1: that, that kind of engine. Philip's theory was correct, and he expanded on it for me.
3: The gearing in the transmission, the, there, there are uh, uh, solenoids and, and valves and stuff that the transmission fluid flows through. And so now you're creating a lot more RPMs and you're creating a lot more torque. And so that stuff doesn't flow well enough. And probably what happened is you overheated the transmission. So you ran for a week. And every time you ran, you overheated it a little bit, a little bit more, and a little bit more. And the transmission fluid probably broke down. And the the valves and the, the flow couldn't handle all of that. So it eventually failed, probably because of heat. Seems like an appropriate mechanical failure for a guy who says
1: he was the hottest guy in town. Dethroned, he went back to my grandfather for help. I remember him saying, I don't do transmission. I remember that vividly. <laughs> he says, that that's not something I, I deal with. Stung by his defeat at the hands of a mechanical failure, he looked for someone to blame and directed his ire toward Buddy.
2: When the transmission blew, he was like, almost like, matter of fact about it, oh yeah, probably the transmission was not strong enough for the engine. <laughs> and I remember looking at him, you know, like, what? So... You didn't realize that. I mean, what the hell do I know about transmission? It was almost like he was saying, "Oh yeah, probably the transmission wasn't strong enough for the, you know, for the engine." And it was like, "Oh, so you you just discovered that now?" <laughs> you know, I I was like, you know, I was you know, yeah, you know, I was so I was so gratified in the beginning. Then I
1: became an asshole. I was like,
2: "Yeah, what the fuck did
1: you do?" <laughs> you know, you know, so so you know, no no good deed goes unpunished. But Buddy? Buddy was used to racing cars. He knew how these things went. You can't stay on top forever. And mechanical problems? That's the nature of the beast. He made a deal with my dad. If my father picked up the tab on a new transmission, my grandfather would put the old Trophy 4 back in. And that's what they did. And even though my father was back to having the slowest car in Patterson, nothing could take away that week he spent at the top.
2: So, the, uh, you know, my my road warrior days lasted. My guess is Probably a week, and but I had, uh, you know, had that my 15 minute glory on uh, whatever route that was, Route 4, whatever hell it was, in uh, in, in Riverside Oval area in, in uh, Patterson, New Jersey.
1: So when I was a kid, and he would tell me this story, I could only picture the Tempest as the most laughable piece of junk. But as I've gotten older and learned more about cars, I think my dad's being too hard on that old Pontiac. Sure, it was never going to win any races against the muscle cars of the late 60s. But to paraphrase Linus talking about Charlie Brown's little Christmas tree, I never thought it was such a bad little car. It's not bad at all, really. Maybe it just needs a little love. So again, I spoke with Philip Putnam. Should my dad be proud of that Tempest?
3: Well, I think for the, for the time, it was a very innovative car. I'm not sure anybody realized how innovative it was with the uh, transaxle in it and, and the change in the weight distribution. Not nearly as much weight up front, more rate, weight in the rear, which gave it uh, good drivability and gave it a lot better uh, economy. So for the time, it was a very good, small, compact car that, that fit a really good marketplace. And, and, yeah, it didn't have the best of looks, and, yeah, it wasn't the fastest car in the world, but neither is a pirate. Prius. So what what the heck? It worked. And as slow as the four-cylinder was, remember, like Philip
1: said, it worked. It was functional. A good thing, because not long after all this, he used that Tempest to pick up his blind date. Well, it was almost a blind date. She'd been shown a single picture of my father— a flattering one that made him look like a big strapping guy.
4: He, his sister had shown me a picture. I probably told you this story. And I thought it was going to be some big football player type. So when he shows up and he's like this 5'8", five, 120-pound five, little weakling with, with you know, an orange shirt and orange socks and, you know, Mickey Newark pants and shoes, and then to top it off, There's this ugly car, (laughs) whatever that ugly car was. It was some kind of blue tempest or something. And I go, oh, my God, this is going to be an early night. It was seven o'clock, maybe. So I thought to myself, I'll be home by eight. Damn, he just was so freaking funny. I think we took a ride. We went to the bowling alley, and I just kept laughing and laughing and laughing. And the more I laughed, the more pissed off I was because I kept saying, he's really funny. I'm having a good time with this guy. But this is not what I'm after. (laughs) That's my side of the story. (laughs) Very
1: good. I like that. Their relationship stuck, but the Tempest, it did not. I went from a shitty four-cylinder Tempest.
2: To a hot tempest, then I went back to the four cylinder tempest, and then I traded that in to go for a gold (laughs) with a final black top Chevy Nova, you know, Mr. Hot Rod.
1: So my dad got a Chevy in the end, and a wife, a couple kids too. And for a week in nineteen sixty seven, or maybe it was nineteen sixty eight, though it doesn't really matter, he was the fastest man in Patterson, New Jersey. Thanks for listening to Tempest, powered by Jalopnik. The show is produced and written by me, David Obachowski, with editorial oversight by Kristen Lee and Patrick George. Monda Mafidi is the executive director of audio. Music by me, David Obachowski, and my project's distant correspondent and memory bias. The episode was mixed by Jamie Colazzo. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. You can also find us at Panoply, NPR One, and wherever you get your podcasts. Email us, tempest at jalopnik.com. Drive safe and love your car especially if it's a 61 Tempest with an engine swap. Though, maybe think about swapping that transmission too. Or, I don't know, don't take it drag racing? Dad...
2: car was slow as shit. It was an automatic, it was slow as shit. It was turquoise. It was kind of like a turquoise, not turquoise
1: bright. It was like a, like a bluish turquoise kind of color. So according to my dad, it was... (laughs) The car was slow as shit.
2: It was an automatic, it was slow as shit. It was turquoise. It was kind of like a turquoise, not
1: turquoise bright. It was like a, like a bluish turquoise kind of color. So according to my dad, it was slow